Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code COLLEGEDRAFT to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Pour yourself a cold one. They strike them, huh? And listen to Russ Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it's Daddy Soda time here on the College Draft Podcast. Presented, of course, by DraftKings. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years, classic journeyman. Now we've got five podcasts as part of our network, and I probably have at least five media gigs. I like the symmetry there. Westwood One, CBS, uh, Odyssey, the Eagles. Sure, I could find another one if I needed to to make it five. You already know about the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, which is daily. During the season, even money every week, placing our bets, fantasy feasts, setting our lineups. Andrew Brandt, bringing it home with the business of sports. And this podcast, one of my faves, because it's three podcasts in one. It's called The College Draft. And it's because I know that Emory Hunt is a star who's going to be a household name very, very shortly. Follow him on social media like I do at FBall Game Plan on Twitter. He's already got a huge following on YouTube and rightfully so, Football Game Plan on YouTube. We are, by the way, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. We're not at Emory, uh, at Emory's level, but we're getting there. We're working on it. So check out our YouTube page. You can watch this show or see the highlight clips of any of our show of any of our shows there or on social media at Ross Tucker Pod. It really is time to, to order the draft guide if you haven't yet. I love every year. Several of you email me, tweet me. I got the draft guide. I got Emery's draft guide. It's awesome. You got to do it. Footballgameplan.com slash 2023 draft guide. If you really want to know something, about every prospect, the only draft guide you can get is Emery's. That's it. The other ones just don't do, they don't go that deep. They don't have that many people. They don't, they don't know the lower level guys that end up playing in the playoffs as undrafted free agents. Like what's that guy's name? Kahu for the Dolphins yeah, from Texas A&M <laughs> Commerce. Emery was all over that guy. Other people aren't. Emery as is usually the case in January, is not home. Where are you, Emery? I am in Orlando, Florida. Again, last week I was here for the Hula Bowl. 
uh, came back yesterday. Uh, we're kicking off the Tropical Bowl today and this week. Now, this year is something unique with the Tropical Bowl. Uh, they, Tuesday, today, and tomorrow is the Tropical Bowl scrimmage. So these are guys that probably were call-ups from the FCS Bowl and also some other guys that didn't just quite make the Tropical Bowl practice roster. So they get to get some opportunities to get work in front of scouts and personnel decision makers and maybe get a call up for the regular week, which takes place Thursday, Friday, and the game is on Saturday. Um, but this is a good game. This is a good mix of predominantly FBS pros- prospects uh, from the group of five and power five levels, in addition to guys from the lower levels. So the FCS, D2, NAIA, and some guys from the U sports up in Canada. So it's a great week of work. This is my, I've actually called this game before uh, as a color color analyst. Um, this is where I first, I, one of my interviews back on YouTube, you can see I interviewed uh, Duck Hodges, Devlin Hodges here at this all-star game. Um, there are a lot of guys that have gone and gotten drafted from the Tropical Bowl. Stanley Roberts, uh, Thompson Roberts, I believe is, is his name. Um, that was a cornerback for FIU that ended up getting ja- drafted by the Jags, I believe. Uh, th- there's a ton of guys, you know, Claiborne from the Jags, the returner was here. Um, so, you know, and we saw a guy this past weekend for uh, two weekends ago for the Chiefs was was in this game, too. So, you know, you're going to see a lot of guys on Sunday coming from the Tropical Bowl, which is why I always love to attend. What... um. What's the difference, if any, Emory, between the Hula Bowl and the Tropical Bowl? They're about one and the same, to be completely honest, is that now um, that the Hula Bowl is mainland, it, it kind of runs concurrent, concurrently to what the Hula Bowl, I mean, what the Tropical Bowl does. Because before, when it was in Hawaii, guys had choices. Do you want to go to Hawaii? Yeah, because of the trip and the, say, the Hula Bowl. But how many scouts are going to be all the way out there when a lot of the scouts have chosen to be more southeastern based in terms of their their all-star game travels because it used to run like okay you had the tropical bowl then you had the shrine game in st pete then the senior bowl and, you know it was the nfl pa game and the hula bowl out in hawaii that were the outliers because they're so far out west yeah you're going to get scouts there but a ton of scouts were here um at the tropical bowl because of where it was located and the time it, it was going to happen. So them and the hula bowl essentially have a lot of the same players. Um, and that's what makes this such a critical event on the, on the scouting calendar. Interesting. Um, so it hasn't really started yet. So I can't ask you who, who has shined. Are there guys ahead of time that you're especially interested in, in checking out? Yeah. Keep an eye on quarterback. Fred Payton out of Mercer. You know, he is someone that was super efficient all throughout his time at Mercer. Um, He transferred in from, I want to say, South Alabama. I have to double check that, but I know he transferred in from an FBS program. Um, But he played really well for Mercer. was so close to getting these guys their their playoff berth this year. Just kind of fell apart. Um, The team did at at the end. You know, I thought they got snubbed. Um, but he's really good. He had a really good week at the FCS Bowl in December, which landed him on this roster. Connor Degenhart, we talked about him before, I believe, from New Haven, transferred yeah. from Holy Cross. He's someone that has found his way here. He was excellent at, at the FCS Bowl. He was at the College Gridiron Showcase, performed well, and now he's here um, at the 
Tropical Bowl. So again, these guys are making their way, getting more tape, getting more opportunities. And for someone like Degenhardt, it's a, hey, I played Division II ball, high-level Division II ball in the NE10 um, that has some great talent. New Haven is one of the better teams in, in the NE10. And now you get to showcase, okay, I can play against FBS guys, and that's going to be the biggest key. You know, even if you go watch Fred Payton's game against Alabama, there are some throws in that game. You're like, wow, that, you know, he's really peppering these targets across the board against his Bama defense. So I like seeing these guys make this effort here. And there's a ton of guys on both rosters uh, from the tropical scrimmage, uh, which starts today and tomorrow, and then the regular bowl week, Thursday and Friday. Um, it, it's going to be fun to watch because there's a lot of prospects about, I'd say a good 150, uh, 200 prospects here that you'll get to see over the four days. So speaking of quarterbacks, we did get some news since last week's show as it relates to CJ Stroud and Spencer Rattler, the quarterbacks at Ohio state and South Carolina. You know, what's interesting, Emory, I didn't even realize that C.J. Stroud hadn't turned pro till yesterday. And I was skiing Saturday up at Holiday Valley in western New York, and there were some kids from Columbus there, and they were like, he's coming back, man. We're just offering him so much money that he's going to stay for one more year. They really thought, I mean, that was the talk in Columbus and Ohio State that they might have been able to rack up enough NIL money to be able to get him to stay for another year. That didn't happen. But I still think it's interesting and noteworthy that I kind of feel like if a top five guy can consider it, that we're kind of at that point now where certain guys are going to stay in school because of the NIL money that otherwise would have gone pro. And here's the thing, Ross. If it was large enough, he would have stayed, which tells you a lot about this NIL money. A lot of it is probably like crypto, funny money, right? Where is it as much as they say it is, or is there stipulations, or can I get it as soon as I sign? Is You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of questions that I don't have the answers to that I would love to find the answers to, because if they threw, let's just say for the sake of easy numbers, $10 million at C.J. Stroud for one more year, do you take the $10 million or do you go pro, top five? Because, again, if you're a top five talent – and you're playing at Ohio State, you got a lot of guys coming back, you're going to be a top five talent at that position next year. So, yeah, take $10 million and come back and then go and earn more money. So it makes you wonder how much real money is at stake and whether or not he just decided, you know what, I, I all of this sounds you know, extremely fickle, extremely funny. I'm going to just go pro and get the for sure money as opposed to you know this NIL money and then go pro the next year. You know, we talked about this maybe a couple of weeks ago after the college football playoff semifinal. Thought you made such an interesting point. I would encourage people to go back and, and listen or watch the episode about Stroud not showing his mobility that much at Ohio State. And, you know, it's a deeper conversation about are these guys at times trying to show that they are pocket quarterbacks because – they don't want to get their reputation as being a runner or a, a dual threat guy. They want people to look at them as pocket quarterbacks, even though they can move around because he showed he can. You know, I had never seen him even move. You watch an Ohio State game, 
He just catches the ball in shotgun. He's got all kinds of time. He throws the ball to an open receiver. He makes a great throw. I didn't even know he could move. I, like, literally, there were times when I watched Ohio State, I thought he was a statue. Um, but then he showed against Georgia, he can move. Do you have a um, do you have a comp for him, Emery, and or do you have a preference between C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young? That's a great question, Ross. And the comp I have for him is a is an interesting one um, because I just feel like he his accuracy and the way he delivers the football is right on par with this guy I'm about to say. But he reminds me so much of Troy Aikman and how he throws the football. You know, I just like the fact that Stroud can drop back quickly decipher and get that ball out perfectly at the right spot. So, you know, athleticism be damned. Now, again, Troy was someone that could move within the pocket prior to the knee injuries and stuff like that. Remember, he was a guy that was at Oklahoma, then transferred to UCLA, but early in his Cowboys career, somewhere he still had great pocket mobility, uh, which is still a valuable asset. So I, I compared him to Troy Aikman. I still feel like that's a, a really good comp. Um, and, and, you know, for me, in terms of the preference, it, it's about – Okay, which type of offense I can win with both guys? So that's a that's a you know that's like number one question you ask yourself: Can I win with this guy, or will I have to coach around him and win in spite of him? Both guys I can win with. Now I can win in different ways with both guys. My sprint out game is going to be prevalent with Bryce Young. My uh you know my zone read is going to be prevalent with Bryce Young. I'm not saying he's a, a you know a runner that can threaten you. But he has the explosiveness to where he can get around the corner. You have to honor that. Now, my waggle game, which is a little bit different than sprint out, is going to be in, in play with C.J. Stroud. My play-action passing game going to be prevalent with C.J. Stroud. My classic drop-back passing, my shotgun passing game is going to be really good with both. So both guys give you the strength that you can win with, but you can win in different ways. I know if I have a dynamic tailback, I'm going to go with Bryce Young because – of his athleticism, which is, I think, superior than Stroud, is going to give that tailback much more advantageous boxes to run against as opposed to Stroud. Stroud is good, but teams don't really respect his ability to run. Um, he has mobility, but he's not someone that's going to threaten you. You know, so he kind of runs like Dwayne Haskins run. You know, athletically, he's probably like Dwayne Haskins that we saw in Pittsburgh when he, you know, he dropped some weight. He showed a little bit more athleticism getting in and out of the pocket and, and those things and a willingness to run. So I think that's the that's my answer for both guys. It all depends on, you know, what you which type of offense you want to run because you can win with both. Before we get to Rattler, I do want people to know, especially those of you in Ohio and Maryland, with the divisional round games coming up, usually my favorite weekend in football, you can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app Use code Ross and new customers can bet $5 on the NFL playoffs divisional round and get $200 in free bets instantly. It's only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code Ross. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details, but code Ross over at DraftKings to uh, get $200 in free bets this weekend. What about Spencer Rattler? Uh, Emery, I know you were one of the first people to talk about this, that with how he played against Clemson and down the stretch and Tennessee, that he might actually decide to turn pro. He's coming back to South Carolina. I kind of think it's the right decision. 
you know, it's pretty small sample size of him playing that well. If he comes back and plays that well for a whole year, he could be like one of the guys we're talking about next year. Right. And it, it, his situation reminded me a lot of, and I felt the same way. It reminded me a lot of Cardell Jones's situation at Ohio State. Like, hey, man, listen, you had one of the more impressive runs in a short sample size that you could ever have. Big games mattering in the regular season. The last game you needed to win to get into the you know conference championship game, you won that one. You had to win the conference championship game. You had to win this playoff game against Bama, and you had to beat Oregon in the national championship. You went on an impressive run. Make the league make the decision. Don't go back to school because now you have a full season to have them pick apart your game. Who? How, how are you going to top? the last four games you just competed in, you won't. And for Rattler, it's like, hey, man, your name was already high prior to 2021. You know, and then it kind of went down. And then last year, earlier this year, you were struggling a little bit. Now you're catching fire. Now you're on point. You had a really good, you know, game against Notre Dame. You didn't win, but you made some amazing throws. You were competitive. You, you scored a lot of points. You might want to leave while your iron is, is hot in a draft class that you could at least, in my opinion, he's a better player and prospect than Will Levis. So now teams that, let's say like the New York Giants, that may be looking for a quarterback of the future that's picking late, depends on what they you know really think of Daniel Jones and you know how much they're going to try to pay him. But if you're going to get it, because right now the Giants are in the back end of the draft. So they're not in franchise quarterback territory. You know, they'll have to trade up if they love a guy. But if you throw yourself into this, this draft class that right now everyone's talking about Bryce Young, Stroud, Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, you become that fifth guy. You become that wild card guy. So you become the guy that you can have in it because you know you're going to kill pro day. You know you're going to kill the combine with, with the throws. You know, you know you're going to kill those private workouts you have a chance to really be a first round pick um, regardless of what the draft advisory committee says. And so now you come back and like, man, okay, do we, do we go back in, in, into the you know pool next year and hope to increase? You have some guys coming back, but also some guys left South Carolina transferred out, you know, to go elsewhere. So it, the team may be different you want to work with the, the offensive coordinator that works well with pro quarterbacks. So you have a reason to go back, but I, I'm always like, listen, man, your value when everyone's talking positively about you is probably at its highest right now. So leave and go and play pro ball. Um, and it, even if it doesn't work out for you in terms of getting drafted high, look at a guy like Sam Howell, who now will go into the off season and into next year as Washington's, starting quarterback but maybe washington would have thought differently if you came out in this class you know maybe the texans may see you and say you know what man maybe we can use our two first round picks on position players trade back into the first and take rattler with our third first you know there's a you entering the draft puts a lot on the table and so next year now you're competing with caleb williams you're competing with Drake May, you're competing with Shadour Sanders. You're competing with all of these other quarterbacks. You really have to not only do what you did the last four games, but you have to do that for 
15 games, you know, 12th. And if you go into the playoffs, so I understand why he went back, but I, like I was saying, when Cordell Jones was coming out, I probably would have jumped to the NFL while everyone was singing praises about my name. Yeah, no, I, I, I remember saying, I thought Cardell Jones should go pro. Uh, speaking of quarterbacks, Emery, I can't remember the last time I heard this much buzz about a CFL quarterback. It's Nathan Rourke who played for the Ohio Bobcats in college. His brother is the starting quarterback for the Ohio Bobcats in college. He just signed with the Jags where I think he believes that's his best chance, you know, to stick in the league as a number two or a number three, which makes sense because Doug Peterson has that history from going back to Green Bay and in Philly of developing quarterbacks, keeping them around. Right now they got C.J. Beathard as the backup. Rourke probably thinks he can beat him out, and they don't have a quarterback on their practice squad, so they like to have three quarterbacks, at least one guy on the practice squad. I don't know. Was he signed to the practice? No, he signed a futures contract. He wasn't signed to the practice squad. Oh, because they got EJ Perry on the practice squad from Brown. So that's who Rourke will be battling with next year is EJ Perry. I don't know, Emery. I know you always follow these other leagues. Did he just tear it up up there or what? Because I can't remember the last time I heard this much about about a CFL quarterback. Yeah, because usually it was Bo Levi Mitchell of the Calgary Stampeders that were flirting to, hey, I, he had to work out with the Vikings. He was thinking about jumping down in, you know, south to go compete in the NFL because he was tearing up in the CFL. Rourke had a phenomenal year, Ross. He was he was the the rebirth of the BC Lions. You know, they were so good offensively uh, this season until he got hurt. Then he lost a lot of games. Then he got back for the playoffs. They won one and then lost the next week. But, man, when you think about he won most outstanding player, which is their MVP award, and they name it properly up there, by the way. It's not most valuable player. It's most outstanding. So, therefore, it really is open to all positions because if we say most valuable, obviously down here is going to always be the quarterback. But Rourke was phenomenal up there for the BC Lions. And it was something that he really didn't show at Ohio. I mean, the fact that – you know, he was challenging tight coverage, making these throws down the field. Yeah, he had he was getting the benefit of some luck. And when they ran up against a really good defense, i.e. Winnipeg, he threw some interceptions. Right. Because that, that were, there was a stretch during the season where he hadn't thrown a pick and he had like 20 something touchdowns and with no picks. So he was playing ridiculous ball. He gets hurt. They go on a losing streak. He gets back for the playoffs um, and then they go on and, and so forth. But yeah, this was a real good signing for him. Because, again, it's a financial signing. Um, if he can get number two or get backup money or even get on the practice squad in the NFL, you're going to get more than what you're going to make as a starter in the CFL. Where I don't like it is the fact that you're conceding to go and be a backup when you probably had the leverage to ask for more as a starter in the CFL because of what you did this past season, the awards you won, the statistics you put up, and how well that team looked with you under center. So – you and you, you're getting to play because you're not going to play in Jacksonville, and you also have to compete with EJ Perry, who also I believe could be a, a stellar CFL quarterback because he plays that spread game. He's athletic. He does a lot of what they do up there uh, rather well. A lot of things he does. So the the, the oddball out here is is to me I man out is probably Beathard because you have an intriguing prospect in Perry that you that you can develop and groom athletic. 
you bring in another guy, Rourke, that has starting professional experience, um, better to me is the odd man out. But I would maybe that's just my mindset. I'd rather play than be a backup. But it's as I say that, it's also hard for me to say, you know what, man, I'm gonna turn down 750 grand um to go make 150 grand. Uh, 200 grand as a starter uh, the, the math just doesn't math in that situation Ross so you got to do what's best for you and your family without question um in terms of lessons from wild card weekend I know you and I uh did this last year and it was really popular some of the scouting lessons we took we'll do it next week with the takeaways from the divisional round we'll do it after the conference championship game and after the Super Bowl Scouting lessons we can learn from watching the weekend that was in football. I guess I have two, Emery. One is patience. It's a really hard thing to have. Really hard thing to do because the NFL, the owners a lot of times don't have patience with the GMs or the coaches. So the GMs and coaches can't really have patience with the players. But Daniel Jones, man, Daniel Jones played awesome. Awesome. And, you know, people wanted them to get rid of him the last couple of years. People were, I mean, he's going to end up getting a lot of money now. First quarterback over ever 300 yards and run, throw for 300, run for 70. He was awesome. So I think that both my lessons revolve around Daniel Jones, Emery, and they're kind of interrelated. Patience and coaching. If you're an owner or you are in the front office, you got to take a long, hard look at who's coaching these players before you give up on them, because you could even they could easily given up on Daniel Jones earlier. They get Debo in there, they get Kafka in there, and all of a sudden Daniel Jones is a top fifteen quarterback in the NFL, and looks like he could be their starter for the next ten years. Whereas he didn't look like that at all his first three years. So I guess my two lessons, scouting lessons, go together, and it's patience and coaching. And, and and Ross, I gotta I gotta push back a little bit on that. You're right about him playing really well um, last week against Minnesota. He outplayed uh, Kirk Cousins because he has the element that Kirk Cousins doesn't have the athleticism. Those seventy something yards rushing were the difference in the game. Because if Daniel Jones was was a true statue, Minnesota probably wins that game because a lot of the pressures probably get home, but. They couldn't, and that also helps Saquon be Saquon even better because now you have to really account for Daniel Jones's athleticism. But we can't ignore that he had 15 touchdown passes in the regular season, you know. And so a lot of the part that you're talking about that was excellent, the coaching part was, man, are we coaching around him, you know, or are we? Uh, or is he good? I think for Daniel Jones, the good thing for him is that now he has to change. He changed the conversation because he played himself out of um, getting replaced immediately because they won't have a high enough draft pick. And now he puts the kind of, he puts the onus on the giants. The giants could say, okay, are, is this, was this an anomaly or was this a sign of things to come? But if you're Daniel Jones you said, yeah, was it an anomaly or is it a sign of things to come? You got to find that out. Cause I know based off the last couple of games and granted, Minnesota twice and Indianapolis were his best games based off these last games and based off what we just did in the playoffs. I broke a record in the playoffs. You got to make that decision giants and how much that decision is worth to you. So he puts 
all the owners now on the Giants. So I agree with you there in, in that regard. But the 15 touchdowns is something I just can't ignore. Uh, but my two scouting lessons also tied to the Giants. And it ties to patience and understanding the roster and how good NFL players are. Case in point, all season long, you heard, and people in the media and people, fans, have short memory. So all season long, you heard, oh, Daniel Jones is out there throwing to, you know, bus drivers or UPS workers. Wait a minute. Let's go back to all of the spring and, and summer training camp reports. Who was one of the best receivers out there? It was the guy he's making plays for right now in Richie James. All we talked about was how great Richie James was in the spring and how great he was in the summer. We also talked about, and this is where people have to understand the roster. Like the Giants are not in as bad of a shape receiver wise as people like to make it out to be. Isaiah Hodgins, if you go back to my 2020 draft guide, was a phenomenal prospect coming out of Oregon State. They got him basically for free. You know, that's a good receiver. Lawrence Cager, same draft class, was one of my favorite converts. The flex tight end types, the big wide receivers, the F receivers that's going to transition essentially into a tight end. They have him on the roster and he's made plays. He scored touchdowns for them this season. He's there. You also look at Colin Johnson, who was balling all throughout the spring and the summer, was going to be the starter over Kenny Galladay, but in that joint practice against the Jets, he tore an Achilles and he was out for the season. So now you have another 6'5", 230-pound receiver coming back to go along with Isaiah Hodgins, to go along with your slot receiver, Richie James. You pick 24th. You can you can improve your offensive line. You can even add another receiver, you know, like a Jackson Smith and Jigba or someone like that. So if people pay, pay attention to the roster and have the patience that there's a lot of answers on the roster already for these guys, hell, the Giants even have on the practice squad James Washington. Now you have him getting healthy and you you have another potentially free player that can enhance your offense next year. Um, and you go back to the guy they drafted in the third round, Cordell Flott, um, who made a big play in a pass breakup in that game against Minnesota. He was taking the third round. People thought the Giants DBs are, are issues, but they got talent on the two deep. And that's about the patience. That's about the coaching. That's about the scouting department and their plan of development. Remember, one of my favorite running backs, actually my number one running back last year in the draft class was um, Jay Sean Corbin. He's on the Giants roster. He's been there all throughout the you know the camp, rookie mini camp and everything, um, training camp. He's been on the practice squad all season long, elevated a couple times. You know, so this is someone that is in their development plan. So again, it's it's good to see the Giants understand roster building but the fans have to also and in some media you know yeah you don't have flashy names but you don't care about flashy names when isaiah hodgins is out there making you know tiptoe catches on the sideline or excellent catches in the end zone helping out daniel jones in in tight situations you don't care about you know flashy names if richie james is out there balling getting open over the middle of the field and making plays you also got to remember you have wandell robinson coming back next year this is going to be a good good team for a long time with Joe Shane and also Brian Dayball. So the patience and also understanding what you have on a roster. And these are just not, you know, throwaway guys because they don't have flashy names. These are really good football players that were high-level players at their respective colleges. Footballgameplan.com slash 2023 draft guide. 
That is how you find this man's incredible draft guide. Follow him on Twitter so you always know where he's at with CBSHQ and everything he does at FBall Game Plan. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. Pretty sure most of you know that already. We are at Ross Tucker Pod. The keg is kicked. We're all tapped out. Thanks for listening to the College Draft Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and the Business of Sports. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.